outreach to promote the revival, 10 a.m., sign-up sheets in the back if you want to uh, do that. It'll be a great blessing uh, to us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Micah, Micah chapter 3, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Micah, minor prophet, Old Testament, Micah. I was, uh, I was uh, telling you that I recently, you probably saw the article in Arizona Republic about uh, a bunch of uh, baby boomers and yuppies down in Phoenix who attended this uh, seminar uh, so that they could walk on fire, or fire walker. They paid 75 bucks and got hyped for two hours, and uh, some of them made the walk uh, across a bed of coals 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. And the reason that they did that was, uh, as they uh, gave the reasons of why they were doing that and what, what they hoped to gain, was this was a quest for personal power. That's why they were involved in that. They wanted to be successful in business. They wanted to have a supreme self-confidence. They wanted to be able to break uh, through another dimension into financial uh, uh, miracles. They wanted to uh, uh, have success in their uh, conquests in love or sexual exploits and various other reasons that they all gave or related that, but literally what they were after is this was a quest for personal power. And I want to uh, preach tonight on the quest for power from Micah chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, because the Bible... Uh, has a great deal to say about power. It does alienate both uh, evil power and Holy Ghost power, power from hell and power from heaven. It uh, gives all of these things. But we want to lock our minds in uh, this evening on uh, real Bible power, and the Bible gives some specific guidelines and alienates uh, uh, what real Bible powers for and what it accomplishes. Micah chapter 3, beginning with verse 5. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets, who make my people stray, who chant peace, while they chew with their teeth, but who prepare war against him who puts nothing into their mouths. Therefore you shall have night without vision, you shall have darkness without divination, the sun shall go down on the prophets, and the day shall be dark for them. So the seers shall be ashamed, and the diviners abashed. Indeed, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer from God. Verse 8 is what I want to preach from. But truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, and of justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. Right in this verse, you'll find God's main focus and His main reason for displaying and releasing His power, and you'll find that that's a power to proclaim sin. This is a New Age generation, and in the New Age generation, there, uh, there's uh, a lot of interesting things taking place. We went over uh, to Sedona yesterday and uh, went to shop for Mike Maston some... Jeffrey Bean shirts, I think it was. <laughs> Little yuppie shirts. Big savings. 
outlet store over there. You know, you make big savings over there. Twenty bucks gas and thirty-five dollars for lunch. Big, big time savings. <laughs> but at any rate, this uh, this uh, this triggered my thinking on Sedona because Sedona is a really, really a strange little area. And uh, I look back through some of my articles. I collect a lot of articles, and I look back in to an article that I have on Sedona. And, uh, and uh, there's a bunch of information. I won't bore you with all of it, but I was very interested that in Sedona, uh, they give what is known as sacred earth tours. Is one group, and another uh, is uh, Sedona Vision Quest. And so uh, if you're not familiar why Sedona is supposed to be the, uh, uh, the center of a spiritual uh, vortex or vortex, and uh, this is a place where a couple of years ago they, uh, uh, there's supposed to be a harmonic convergence and, and uh, this is supposed to be a sacred spot where energies from the universe focus down uh, in Sedona. And so uh, they have sacred earth tours in Sedona Vision Quest. And for 40 bucks, you can go three hours, uh, uh, and they'll take you to these uh, various spots. And, and uh, you can spend $295. You can spend two days and two nights on one of these. Uh, and uh, you'll, you'll experience such things as a uh, blue corn meal in circles uh, of rock. Uh, this is said to uh, help focus uh, energy. And uh, there's crystals. Uh, one of these tour uh, directors will put a crystal in your hand. And there's meditation and metaphysical things. And people talk about seeing the UFOs. And, and uh, they come in search of a, of a light. Uh, and uh, they go to the Bell Rock. And at Bell Rock, there's communications. Uh, uh, vortex supposedly focuses there. And sacred, sacred energy is experienced. Uh, and UFOs are sighted. Some have even rumored that... Uh, for a fee, you can get a ride in a UFO. <laughs> and so this is very interesting because these people go there, and the reason they're going there is they're looking for power. That's what they're after. They want to tap into a, an energy source. They want to somehow uh, achieve a, an experience and have uh, in their possession a, a measure of power. This is why they go there. But I want you to look into the Word of God that we read this evening and let you understand what God's focus of power is for uh, because uh, God's focus of power is clearly to define sin. In Micah 3.8 we saw these words, but truly... I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. God's power is for the focus of helping us define clearly what sin is and make our decision concerning sin. There's a pastor up in, uh, in Gresham, Oregon. He just recently went to Cuba and uh, he got in on a group he called me, said he's going to do this. He's just had a burden for Cuba, and, he, and, uh, and for a real reasonable price, I can't remember, uh, he could go into Cuba with a group, and this group was uh, uh, called Pastors for Peace. It's a bunch of communist American pastors that went over there to demonstrate against the, uh, the financial... 
I've forgotten the word exactly, but they, uh, they've hedged Cuba in and cut it off financially. And so that's what they're over there for. And so one of these uh, uh, men is talking to uh, Pastor Bradley and said, uh, we, don't want, uh, we don't want any of those evangelical pastors over here uh, who uh, uh, come over here and they preach against sin. Uh, what they really need to preach against uh, is poverty. We don't want them to come in and condemn these people over in Cuba. Well, uh, little did you know that Dave Bradley was a, was a secret agent as he went in there uh, for the Holy Ghost realm. And so... Uh, he, uh, he had a contact by a miracle of God, and this man found him at this, uh, at this center where all these uh, communist American pastors were, and uh, miraculously he got permission to leave them. He went four days uh, up in, a, an, in an eight-hour, it actually turned out to be a 12-hour drive up in the, in the country, and uh, got to minister in underground churches in Cuba, and, uh, and it was a wonderful thing. I'll tell you more about that later. But the interesting thing, here are these. Uh, these are pastors, uh, and these pastors think that the main calling in, in life is to preach against poverty. I want you to know that God calls His preacher to preach against sin. This is why Micah says, this is why I'm filled uh, with the Spirit of God. There's this a great need in our generation for a spiritual confrontation with God. Let me read you a quote. This is from a publication. says, Our culture does not believe in wickedness. That is, in culpability. The conviction of sin is hardly possible to us. We believe not in sin and forgiveness, but in illness and recovery. This is because all sin to them is a disease. It is the endless message of our culture that everyone is basically good and that most of our problems will be solved when we realize this. In other words, when we build up our self-esteem. Now this author has well defined what the major problem with our generation is. Proverbs 30, 20 said, This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wickedness. And so here we have one of the deepest violations of life and home. And the prophet describes one who's involved in that simply goes on life as usual. This is what the problem is with our generation. See, these, these people that I've been describing in Sedona and in, uh, in Phoenix, these are people who want to get power from the cosmos. They want to get something from the cosmos. And the issue this evening is whether we are wanting to get something from the cosmos, personal power, or whether we want to get something from God and get a, get a power from God so that we can witness for God because the issue this evening is where power comes from and what its objective is. What is that objective when you're touched by the supernatural? And what is God's revelation? And here we have that God's power is primarily for the declaration of sin. That's what His power is for. And that's what His anointing through the Holy Spirit is for. And this is what you and I are called to contemplate. One of the four cardinal sins in the book of Revelation is the sin of sorcery. According to the book of Revelation, as it prophesies of the four cardinal sins of the last days, one of these is going to be sorcery, which is, to, to, to describe it in a nutshell, is power independently of God. 
But you see, the Bible gives us a, a very clear guideline concerning the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit power. John sixteen eight says the Holy Spirit power is to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in Me, of righteousness because I go to My Father and you see Me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, You shall receive power, that's believers, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so the primary purpose of God's power is to bring a focus on sin and bring a demonstration beyond ourselves. I was uh, thinking as I was meditating on this, I was uh, uh, pastoring some years ago in Perth, Australia, and there was a church downtown, and uh, in this church downtown, it was, a, it was a wingnut church. It was supposed to be a Pentecostal church. It was a wingnut church. And, uh, and these people actually believed in uh, UFOs and uh, extraterrestrial beings. And, uh, and they had a, uh, they, to be able to communicate with these, uh, these people uh, believed that if you took aluminum foil and you made a cone and put it on your head, that this great lay focused in uh, supernatural energy and you'd be able to communicate with uh, these beings that are in these flying saucers. And, and, uh, and I don't even have the time to tell all the, the, the foolishness that these people are involved in, and the pastor wound up to be a little faggot, so that'll tell you a lot anyway. And so, uh, 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 isn't it interesting that here's a whole congregation that they're obsessed with some kind of divine energy and, and, and power from the cosmos, and here they are living immoral lives and having no understanding for righteousness. And so, you see, the foundations of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the New Testament is repent, and what we have here is a call to spiritual power in the arena of the heart so that you and I are brought to a confrontation of personal sin. And Micah says that this power that God gives is a power that will clearly define sin. The second thing I want you to look at as we consider this quest for power is that God's power is to effect healing. There's a great interest, uh, interest tonight in alternative medicine. I, I was musing uh, over this, and, and this is quite popular today, there's alternative healing systems. And uh, one of the quotes that I have says, most Christian healing groups, this, this article that I am quoting from was a, an article written by uh, secular uh, people that, uh, that were intrigued by the subject of spiritual power and uh, of uh, healing and alternative healing methods. And so they examined many groups and they write, and I'll quote this, most Christian healing groups we studied considered personal sin a major source of illness, although they differ widely in how much they hold the individual responsible. Likewise, metaphysical groups attribute most misfortune, including illness, to the individual's incorrect ways of thinking and speaking, evidence of the person's lack of connection with truth or divine mind. Now, without getting uh, uh, sidetracked and obsessed with that, it is apparent that what we're dealing with here is some spiritual force uh, that is at work. 
And in this article it says uh, that assigning responsibility for illness uh, is a central issue for all healing belief systems. Now the question that we want to think about this evening as we think about God's power and God's Spirit manifesting that power, uh, the question that we want to answer is how do we get this to work? In the book of Luke, chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says a, a tremendous statement, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Now this is written out of an arena and this is written from an actual circumstance of observing Jesus Christ at work. And as they observed Jesus Christ at work, they saw, obviously, that there were people getting healed. And the author, who is Luke, he writes and says, Now the power of the Lord was present to heal. So this is the question that we want to answer tonight. And I want you to know that the Bible is both a course and a history of healing. I was, I was thinking about this uh, the other night. I jogged down a bunch of things and, and reached back and got part of it to make these notes as I was uh, preparing this. Looking back in the Old Testament to the wonderful story in Numbers 21 of the serpent on a pole. Here is a, a situation. The people are dying. Without going into all the details, uh, uh, Moses is told to make a serpent, put it on a pole, get the people that look upon that pole. And the Bible says that these dying people, when they looked upon that pole, they were healed. A wonderful miracle transpired. Numbers 21. I was thinking of the bones of Elisha. Elisha was a prophet of God. He was a, a powerful man. He was used in twice the miracles that Elijah was used in. Elijah... Uh, Elisha rather died and he was buried and uh, his bones were in his tomb there were two men that were uh, uh, carrying uh, another uh, man to his burial they had this body and as they were there there was a, a, uh, a band of Moabite raiding uh, terrorists that came down and discovered them they saw them and as they saw them they're terrified and they threw this man's body into Elisha's, to uh, into Elisha's tomb and the moment the body hit the bones up he came I mean that's glorious isn't that wonderful? that's found in the Bible in the book of... Uh, where is that found? Well, Second Kings chapter 13. Now this is a wonderful statement. Here's a glorious healing of this man who had died. He simply touches the bones of Elisha, and as he touches the bones, he's healed, and he's resurrected by the power of the living God. Then we have the story of the clothes from Paul's body. This is found in the book of Acts chapter 19. The apostle Paul is working, tent making, as he's preaching the gospel. And the Bible says that God wrought special miracles because as people would take the handkerchiefs or the aprons that were on his body, that he was sweating in the working of this, they would take these, take them to their homes or to their friends or their relatives and lay these on these people. These people would be gloriously healed. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, Now God worked unusual miracles 
by the hand of Paul, so that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's a marvelous testimony of God's power to heal through the Holy Spirit. And one more, we have the shadow of Peter that I spoke on here on Monday evening. This is found in the book of Acts, chapter 5, 15, and 16. It says, They brought the sick uh, into the streets, uh, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick folks uh, and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, uh, and they were all healed. Now here's a marvelous testimony uh, that God so impacted uh, this man uh, and gives such a testimony in his life that simply his shadow passing over was enough to trigger a miracle and these people were healed. And then finally the Bible says in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover and they in my name they shall cast out demons in my name they shall speak with new tongues or in other words all these things that I've talked about tonight are God's means through the Holy Spirit to trigger miracles through spiritual power because the power of God has the power to affect healing. These are all demonstrations and testimonies of spiritual power that's activated. Finally this evening, I want to consider with you this power of God to deliver from spiritual detriments. Job is a great study. I was thinking we studied Sunday morning in the adult Bible class or just referred to and discussed for a moment uh, the story of Job. Job was... Uh, the man who had boils in his body and, and underwent uh, uh, tremendous calamities. And, and you can read about that. But what I want to note with you is Job 42.10 because the Bible says, And the Lord healed Job when he prayed for his friends and he gave him twice as much as he had before. Now this is a tremendous statement. The Bible actually uses the words, says that, that God turned the captivity of Job, and that word turned the captivity in, in our Bible is rooted in, and the understanding that we get from the English word that has to be used, it comes from an old German word, and this word always meant a foreign country. And so this is, the, this is the essence, and this is what God speaks, uh, and He speaks this, uh, this interesting language uh, that God turned the captivity of Job, uh, or Job was healed when he prayed for his friends. So this lets us understand that calamity that was in Job's life and sickness that was in his life was being held captive by spiritual forces. And so we see that very plainly and this we're brought to an understanding by reading that text. Sandy Heller came up to me right after the Sunday school class Sunday morning and she said, Pastor Mitchell, what did Job pray for his friends? What did he say? I said, I don't know. He probably, uh, he probably said... Ask God to forgive him for being stupid. That'd be my guess. I don't know. And she said these words. She said if he had not prayed for his friends, would he have gotten healed? I said, well, no, I don't think so, because it very clearly intimates that he got healed when he did pray 
for his friends. But the issue this evening that we want to see, we're talking about power, and that power is to deliver from spiritual detriments. And so what we see here is Satan's defeat, and his defeat is by God's power working through believers. The Bible says in Acts 10.38 that Jesus healed all who were pressed of the devil. If you're a Bible student, that word will mean a great deal to you if you'll research it. Uh, you'll research the words oppressions, afflicted, uh, vexations, and uh, other like terms. It'll give you a tremendous revelation of what God says about sickness and disease. Acts 10.38 says plainly how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now we want to consider for a moment spiritual detriments because there's many and we want to consider this in a spiritual dimension. First of all, I want to talk to you for a moment about appetites. See, demonic forces are active in habits. And it's demonic forces that give a powerful hold. Say, oh, well, I'm, I'm addicted to cigarettes. Well, I know that. But you see, there's more than an addiction to cigarettes. When you're dealing with the habits of the body and habits of the flesh, you're quite often dealing with a demonic force that now has come in and has also begun to exploit that and causes that habit now to have a powerful hold upon the human personality. And so appetites are many times uh, uh, the thing that holds people and appetites are a powerful spiritual force. People who are bound by alcohol, people who are bound by drugs, people who are bound by smoking, people who are bound by sexual perversity, these are people who have habits of the flesh, and these habits of the flesh have become entrenched, and the reason they become such a hold in their life is because there is a spiritual power that now has entered the picture and has caused these appetites to hold them in bondage. This word oppression we need to look at. And the word oppression literally gives the idea of tyranny. What it gives is the idea of a mental enslavement that people who are enslaved to evil imagination, suicide, will fit into this. Destructive impulses dominate their lives and they're oppressed of the devil. And then we need to think about vexation. Because vexation has to do with tormenting compulsions. Curses that are activated in people's lives and begin to play through. Many people are, are uh, uh, afflicted with curses and these curses come upon their lives. These curses bring poverty. Many times they're accident prone. Many times uh, uh, these people uh, are tormented towards compulsions uh, and they feel these driving compulsions uh, that are linked together. This is a spiritual dimension. And the good news tonight is that Jesus set the pace for believers uh, to set us free. Isn't it interesting the ways that Jesus worked. I want to give you just a little study for a moment in healing, if we could just take the time uh, to divert back. In John 9, there's a man, there's a, a man that's born blind. 
He is related there in John 9. And there's an astonishing story there. Jesus spits upon the ground, spits on the ground, spits on the ground. Takes his finger, makes the mud, puts the mud on his eyes and says, Now go wash in the pool of Siloam and you'll be healed. And the man did. And a miracle happened in his life. I get people that harangue me because uh, of the way I pray or... or uh, uh, some minor thing. I haven't, I haven't spit on anybody yet. Here's Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. Here's a deaf and dumb, uh, uh, or a deaf mute. He puts his fingers in the ears of, of, of this person and he spat, the Bible says, and touched his tongue and healed him. Now that's not uh, hygienic, is it? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, there's a blind man, and the Bible says these astonishing words that Jesus spit on the eyes of the blind man and healed him. Are you still with me? So let's look for a moment as Jesus sets the place for believers. Here's a woman of Canaan. She has a daughter. This daughter's grievously vexed by a devil, the Bible says. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. Jesus sets her free. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, is this woman with a spirit of infirmity. The Bible says that Satan had bound this woman for 18 years, and Jesus set her free. And then this young man in Mark 9 is an epileptic, and he's deaf and dumb, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ set him free. Now let me make a point this evening. And the Bible says that Jesus cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. In James five thirteen through 15, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now here we have the power of God, and the power of God is to deliver from... can either be God's power or... It can be a power independently of God. And God does not allow a power independently of Him without consequences. See, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God has made a way for you and I. See, the world's bound. The reason these poor people are wandering into blue cornmeal and rocks in circles and talking about spiritual vortexes and harmonic convergences and crystals and, and flying saucers, and the reason they're doing that, they have no reality of the power of God. But I want to tell you tonight that God will minister to you His power. He will fill you with His power. He will execute His power through you and He will let you experience His power. But that power is along carefully guarded guidelines and it has to do with Calvary's tree and the blood shed by Jesus Christ for redemption of sins. I want every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment this evening. No one's moving around and no one's looking around for a moment. There are 
There are desperate people that are in this place tonight. God loves you. And Jesus Christ came to earth to set the captive free. His first words in the synagogue in Nazareth was those very words that he was sent to set the captive free and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm wondering, just before I change this service to other things, I know there are people here this evening that are not right with God. God loves you. I know there are people here probably that you've experimented with some of the power that's independent of God. You may have had real spiritual experiences. But that's not set you free. It's brought you no peace of mind. It's brought you no blessing of heart and soul. See, the, the, the question this evening is power from the cosmos to satiate your own satisfaction or your own ego, to build up your own spiritual quest, or whether that power that you seek is a power that comes from God that focuses in Jesus Christ for the redemption of mankind and the redemption of your own soul. I wonder for a moment, while we're pausing, how many people there would be here this evening say, Pastor, I'm not saved, I'm not born again, I'm not right with God, but I really do want that before we change this service. I'd like for you to pray for me tonight. I need Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to sign a creed. I'm asking you to make a decision, and that decision is to get your heart right with God. You slip your hand up. Let me see it there from left to right, front to back. Yes. God bless you. Keep those hands up. How many more would lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not right with God, but I do want to get right, and I want you to pray for me. Left to right, from front to back. You'd lift your hand up. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to open your heart to the love of God. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You can go from this place this evening with a touch from heaven. God's power in Jesus Christ can set you free from habits, can set you free from the bondages of sin, can set you free from the enslavements of mind and spirit. If you reach out to God tonight, He'll reach out to you. He will not violate your personality. He will not force you to do His will, but He waits for you and He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'm going to change this in just a moment. You want my prayer? I want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need God tonight. I'm not right with God. I don't understand everything you're talking about tonight, but I want you to pray for me. You'd slip your hand up, left to right, front to back, in the center, on the sides. God bless you, sir. Yes. Would there be others? See, Jesus is calling. God bless you, dear. Would there be others? Jesus is calling. What you feel is the Holy Spirit talking to you about eternity, and He loves you tonight. He's drawing you to Himself. If you respond, God's love will touch you. You'll go out of this place a different person. You'll go out clean. You'll go out with assurance of sins forgiven. How many more will join these? Maybe you're a backslider. At one time, you knew the love of God. At one time, you knew the joy of sins forgiven. But tonight, you're in this place and you desperately need God. You'd slip your hand up and join these others and say, yes, I need prayer too. God bless you. How many more will join these? Quickly, I'm going to change this in just a moment. You'd slip your hand up and say, I need God, Pastor. 
pray for me tonight. I'm a backslider, but I want to get right with God. Anyone else? Left to right, front to back. All right, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want all those that lifted their hands to look at me right here while I'm standing on the platform. I want you to look at me. You really meant that, didn't you, son? You meant that. Back there, you meant that. Uh, over here, you really meant that, dear? And over here, did you mean that? Did you mean that? I want you to slip out of your seats. Come and find a place to pray. Jesus is passing this way. Come right now. Come down and pray with me right now. Slip right out of your seat. Amen. Jesus is calling right now. He wants to help you. God bless you. Thank the Lord. Find a place to pray. Just kneel down right there. Amen. Come on, dear. Jesus is calling you. You lifted your hand. Amen. Jesus is calling. You want your heart. You want to know sin's forgiven. You want to know the joy of God's love and grace in your heart. Just kneel down there for a moment. We're going to stand in a moment. We're going to sing uh, that uh, chorus. Uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. There are others here this evening. You're not saved. We want to wait on you for a moment. And these altars are open if you'd like to come and pray. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray right now. Sing right now. So turn Jesus Look full in this wonderful thing And We'll grow strangely the light. Lift your hands and sing it. There's still time for you to come. So turn your eyes. Jesus, look full in his face and the Once again, turn your eyes, so turn your eyes. For uh, some people, I want to pray for this dear lady, I want to pray for this young man right over here, and need healing in their bodies, and uh, while these are here, maybe you're here this evening, you're a visitor, or you start to come to this church, or you're a new convert, and you need a healing in your body. I want to invite you to come. I'd like to pray for you this evening. We're going to sing that chorus, Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus. We're going to give you time. If you're a visitor, uh, we want you to come. But God wants to heal you tonight. He wants to touch your body. I want to also pray for anyone who is, uh, has gone to a doctor. Uh, maybe you've got a bad report in the last couple of days or a couple of weeks, and uh, you'd like for me to pray for you. You're a member of this congregation, but you've got a recent uh, condition. And you want me to pray, we want to pray for these. We want to sing that chorus, All the Blood of Jesus. We want to give you an invitation right now to come and stand. We want to pray for you. All the Blood of Jesus, would you come? Tells me. And uh, and uh, how would you know if that got healed, Connie? Did you tell any difference right now tonight? No. Okay, so you'll have to let me know, won't you? Okay. See, I'm believing for a miracle. God can heal you right now. It takes nine kinds of medicine every day. 
God didn't create people to make them take nine kinds of medicine. He wants you healed. He wants you whole here. Amen. I want you to pray with me right now, out loud. I want you to say, Oh God, oh God in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ I take dominion. I take dominion over these foul spirits. Over these foul spirits that torment me. That torment me. I break curses. I break curses of ancestry. Of ancestry. And of involvement. What? And of involvement. And of involvement. I cast out. I cast out. Right now. Right now. You foul spirit. You foul spirit. Of infirmity. Of infirmity. I command you. I command you. To leave my body. To leave my body. The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus sets Christ. Sets me free. Sets me free. I cast out hatred. I cast out hatred. Bitterness. Bitterness. And fear. And fear. I forgive those. I forgive those. That have sinned against me. That have sinned against The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus sets me free. Lucifer, in the name of Jesus, I smite the power of this infirmity. I cast out every disorder by the blood of Jesus Christ. I command death to leave this body. Let's praise God for a moment, saints. Praise is under God we worship and adore. Lilianda Romo Sandaramando Yatarabarosaya. Thank you, Jesus, for touching this dear lady right now. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the power of God, the presence of God coming. Boy, let me know what God's done for you. Would you do, would you do that? I want to know what God's done for you. Uh, here's a dear uh, man, and he's had a motorcycle accident. Is that correct? And so this has damaged the motor system to your body. got brain injury, is that correct? You come to Jesus tonight? That's what you want? Amen. How many of you believe God can heal this dear man? Amen. You need a, a glorious miracle of God. I want you to say in the name of Jesus, I cast out death. I speak to the nerve. By the blood of Jesus, I smite. Say that, I smite. This condition. The blood of Jesus sets me free. Loose him in the name of Jesus. I smite the motor nerves of this body, every spirit that hinders. I rebuke the injury to this brain. I speak resurrection life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's praise God for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? Paul. Paul, I want you to just come and take a couple of steps toward me here. Come on, I want you to take a couple of steps.
you walk on crutches normally? No? You just walk with somebody helping you or by yourself? When you walk like this. Okay. Is there a spinal injury besides this too? Give me a chair. I want to work with this man just for a minute. Don't worry about me. I'm not embarrassed. I can't heal him anyway. Amen. I want you to sit down for a minute, Paul. And scoot your hips right back. I want to, I want to just check you for a minute. Okay. I want to see your legs for a minute. You've been worked on by... Doctors for rehabilitation, spinal. They've worked on your spine. Therapists and so on. Ah, chiropractors. Okay. They didn't do you any good though, did they? Amen. I want you to say, I renounce magical healing and witchcraft. By the blood of Jesus, I speak resurrection power. Loose him in the name of Jesus, you tormenting infirmity. I break the curse. Let's praise God again, saints. I want you to get up, Paul. This is a brain injury and a spinal injury. Is that correct? Both. Bones. Uh -huh. In your in your back. In your brain. Your right leg. And your left. Take another step for me, Paul. Let's pray again for this dear man right now. Help me. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke death from this body. I command resurrection life. The blood of Jesus brings deliverance and healing. Loose him. Yalalamando Try to walk for me again, Paul. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. Come here and walk for me just again. Take a step for me. See, the reason I'm doing this, if you're wondering, if you're a visitor, I've had many, many people healed when I'm doing exactly what I'm doing right here. I want Paul to get his faith operating. You got any church background, Paul? Not very much. Very much. What church? Raised a Catholic. What are you now? You're a Christian, huh? And have you been going to church? What church? Calvary Chapel. And Bob brought you tonight, did he? Okay. 
God really loves you, Paul. He really does love you, doesn't he? Amen. How old are you? 30 years old. How long ago did this accident happen? Sixteenth year. Yeah, the reason I'm having him talk is I'm I'm wanting him to I'm wanting him to exercise his faith. See, if if you're skeptic, you you can stand and skepticize all you want to. I see miracles doing just what I'm doing right here. Amen. Amen. You see any difference of any kind, Paul? Just be honest. I'm not asking you to say something that's not true. Is there any difference of any kind? Okay. All right, I'm going to keep praying for you because that's nothing to God. I see folks heal all kinds of stuff. You believe that, don't you? Okay. I'm going to keep praying for you, and you need to be prayed for again. Are you listening to me? You need to get prayed for again because God's can, God can heal that. That's nothing. He makes bones where there are no bones. He's a miracle worker. Thank you for letting me pray for you, Paul. God bless you. You want to sit here? You can just sit right here if you'd like. Let's stand together for a moment, saints. Let's give God thanks right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I want to pray tonight for people who are, like I just described tonight, you're vexed, you are tormented, you're driven by compulsions, compulsive thoughts, suicide, you're tormented in your mind, you're tormented in your spirit, you have habits, drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, I want you to come and stand right up here. Any of these that you want me to pray for, I want you to come and stand this evening. Nobody in the whole place tormented of any kind. Nobody vexed of any kind. I'm not begging you. God's at work tonight. Amen. You want deliverance, you need to come. Let God work on you. Want deliverance from cigarettes, you need to come. You want deliverance from alcohol, you need to come. You want deliverance from fear, you need to come. Tormenting. Compulsion, suicide, vexations, unclean spirits, you need to come. We're going to sing that chorus. Oh, how I love Jesus, you need to come. Do you want prayer right now? Let's lift our hands while these are coming. And oh. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, I bind your power right now. I command you to loose this man. Let him go. Loose him right now. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yararamanda Rosatabahai. I want you to say thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands and begin to thank Him. Oh, Rosalalabarramalaramandasayas. 
In the name of Jesus, I bind the power. I rebuke the spirit that torments. Loose this woman right now in Jesus' name. Let's begin to thank God right now, saints. In the name of Jesus, I bind the power of this foul spirit of condemnation. I come against you. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Loose your hold on this man's mind right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind fear. You foul, tormenting spirit of fear, I command you to release this body. Lucifer, in the name of Jesus, I speak deliverance. You vexing spirit from hell, I command a releasing right now. In the name of Jesus, I find the power of of this appetite, I loose this body to the realities of the gift of God. Loose him right now in Jesus' name. Let's praise God, saints. Let's get a hold of God. You foul spirit, I bind your curse, I cast you out, I rebuke you, I command you from this moment, loose your hold on this man. Lift your hands up, begin to praise God, Bill. You tormenting foul spirit from hell, I release your power. I rebuke you from this life. I command you to come out of this body right now. This mind to be at rest in peace. The blood of Jesus sets him free. I bind the appetite that has found root in this body. I rebuke the curse. I break ancestral curses. I rebuke the foul spirit. Loose your hold right now. That appetite will have no root right now. Lift your hands and begin to praise God, Peter. In the name of Jesus, you vexing foul spirit from hell, I command you to release your hold upon this man's mind. Every appetite will be brought into subjection to the will of God. Loose this man right now in Jesus' name. Le mandaba rosa tararamahaya. In the name of Jesus, I release this man. In the name of Jesus, I bind the power of fear. I rebuke fear right now, you tormenting spirit. I come against you by the blood of Jesus. I cast out every foul vexation that is not from God. I release blessing and dominion, righteousness and truth. I release clarity of mind into this man's body. Eliandar Rosa Ramando Bobo Carisiel. 
In the name of Jesus, I bind the power of uh, disobedience. I come against every foul spirit that would torment. I break the curse of ancestry that is upon this body. I rebuke the foul forces that would torment. Let's begin to praise God for a moment here. Praise is under God. Oh, yes, Lord, we worship and adore you. Limo mosanda lalabando robo Thank you, Jesus, for your dominion. Praise God. I feel a wonderful stirring of the Holy Spirit on lives and hearts. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Someone's got a, a problem uh, in an arm, uh, a muscle in an arm, and uh, this is from an injury is what this is from. And right now I'm not sure... <clears throat> I'm not sure the total ramification of that, but you've got a problem in an arm that's in the upper muscle of this arm. You've injured this. And if you come right now, God will heal you. I'm not going to call very long. I'm just going to change this in a minute. Feel this very strongly. It is an injury to an arm. Okay, when did this happen? It wasn't progressive just through work, through holding machinery and working with it. I mentioned to my wife, she said something like it could be like a carpenter's elbow. Uh -huh. Just through just years of, of work. A carpenter's elbow. I'm not Carpenter's elbow. Yardman's elbow. Yardman's elbow. It's called hate. But it is. Injury. Okay. Amen. Okay. You want to get rid of that? Yes. I want you to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of I Jesus. I cast out bitterness. I cast out bitterness. Of every kind. Of every kind. I rebuke. I rebuke. This foul infirmity. This foul infirmity. I command you to leave my body. I command you to leave my the body. The blood of Jesus. The blood of sets Jesus me free. sets me free. Loose him right in now in the name of Jesus. I smite the power of this and I command a releasing right now. Yes. Move your elbow. Did you have pain when you came up here? Not really, no. Could you do anything to make it hurt when you came up? No. Okay, then you'll have to let me know. Uh -huh. All right. What do you got, Noel? A deep ache in the muscle of your shoulder. Okay. And have you injured that sometime in work or something? I'm not sure when I did it. It just always one day it was hurting and it right in there. Right in there. So if you got healed, that'd be a great miracle, wouldn't it? Yes, amen. I want you to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I cast out bitterness. I cast out bitterness. And hatred. And hatred. And I forgive those. And I forgive those. That have sinned against me. That have sinned against me.